your Washington Nationals, and as well as my Washington Nationals, finally made a free agency move that I 100% agree with. And I'm going to get into all of that and all the upside that that signing brings to you. And if you haven't heard it, you're going to hear it first in this first segment. But also, I'm going to be talking about the Rule 5 selection when the Nationals had the number one overall pick in the MLB Rule 5 draft. And guys, I think the Nationals got someone that could potentially help on this Major League roster as well. I'm going to get into a little bit of the MLB draft lottery and some thoughts and some tweaks that I would make to that right after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Ryan Clary, the host of Locked On Nationals. If you haven't given me a listen yet, I appreciate you for tuning in. I also want to introduce myself as a Nationals fan who has taken his fandom to podcast form here with the Locked On Podcast Network, which is your team every day. And we always appreciate you guys for tuning in and making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And as I was plugging in the intro, the Washington Nationals made a free agency move that I 100% agree with. This is a high ceiling or a low floor high ceiling kind of move, cheap deal to where the Nationals could come in big time with signing former New York Met starting pitcher slash slash reliever Trevor Williams. And I am 100% on board with this decision for the Nationals. But today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. And as I was saying about the Washington Nationals and this move, the Nationals signed starting pitcher slash relief pitcher from the New York Mets, Trevor Williams, to a two-year deal worth $13 million and about $7.5 million annually. And guys, this is a deal that makes a ton of sense for a rebuilding team. Trevor Williams is not someone who's a world beater by any means or any stretch of the imagination. He's not a Max Scherzer. He is not a top-of-the-line ace for your team. But this is someone for a rebuilding team at only age 30, someone who's coming off a very, very solid year with the New York Mets who were favored to make a deep playoff run. But obviously, that got stopped short by the San Diego Padres along with Juan Soto. But, guys, this is a big deal. I think this is a great signing for a team that doesn't really have much going for them, and they recognize this is the big deal about this. They recognize that they need starting pitching, and they needed it fast. You can rely on Mackenzie Gore. You can rely on Cade Cavalli, Josiah Gray, Patrick Corbin, and Steven Strasburg. Not so much. But you needed a fourth guy. You needed a veteran arm that you knew would be there and you knew would give a better fighting opportunity than Patrick Corbin and then when Steven Strasburg, when he's sitting down in the dugout. Because Trevor Williams is someone who I do project 
will be a starter for this Nationals team, but also there is a lingering possibility that he kind of plays in that Palo Espino type of role to where we bring him out in the bullpen when Patrick Corbin gets shelled after two innings. Let Trevor Williams out there. He's going to take you five innings, and he will do a pretty decent job. But although there are some cons in here with Trevor Williams, there is something to where it could spit up in our face. But ultimately, in my decision, from what I think, this is a deal that the Nationals needed to make first off. And second off, it was a no-brainer, in my opinion, especially when it's a New York Met, especially that. Because that is something to where... It just makes me giddy. We stole one of their players, finally. You can have Max Scherzer. We got Trevor Williams. How about that? How about that, Mets fans? But hey, in all realness, it could spit up in our face. I was giving you the reasons as to why I like this deal, which I still do. But I also want to give you the downside or the potential downside if this does go wrong. Because nothing's guaranteed in baseball when you sign Juan Soto to an 11-year contract eventually. That's not guaranteed he's going to be a superstar. Nothing in life is guaranteed. But from my observation, from what I've seen from Trevor Williams, something to where he's bounced back in the majors. He's had rough years, and he's had really good years like this past year in 2022. But I can tell you this, in 2021 with the Chicago Cubs, he was not that great. And he was traded to the New York Mets in that Javier Baez deal as well. He had a 5.06 ERA in the first half of the season with the Chicago Cubs. He had 12 starts and 13 appearances, so one game out of the bullpen. But then once he got to Queens with the New York Mets, he started in three games and appeared in 10 games with a solid 3.06 ERA and 32 innings pitch, and he really started to settle down. And in this past season, when he was playing in that role where he started about a third of his appearances in total, he had 30 total appearances with nine games started. He had a very solid year with a 3-2-1 ERA in 2022. And it's not all about ERAs. He's not a big, high strikeout guy. He's not someone to where you're going to be looking at and he's going to have 10 strikeouts every night like Max Scherzer. No, no. That's not what you're going to be getting. But... This is someone who's flipped back and forth from starting to the bullpen. So that's some flexibility. When you look at him, he has a four-seam fastball that complements really well with a sinker, slider, and a changeup. And also, he has a little curveball that he used a very minuscule amount. But also, I think that his sinker and his slider are his marquee pitches to where he can actually put batters away. And as we saw last year with the Washington Nationals, We couldn't put batters away with our pitching. Josiah Gray, I love him, but he wasn't doing the job. Steven Strasburg wasn't healthy. Patrick Corbin gave up a home run every two at-bats. So we needed a put-away guy, someone who has a nice slider, someone who come out of the bullpen in a long inning relief type of situation, someone who can make a start on short rest, someone who is flexible, someone who is durable. And that's what Trevor Williams ultimately provides for the Washington Nationals. He could truly be one of our best starting pitchers going into this year. But I will say, if he is our best starting pitcher going into this season, or really in a year from now, we're talking about the 2023 season, and we're saying that Trevor Williams was our ace, that's fine. But when you have Josiah Gray, Cade Cavalli, Mackenzie Gore, that's not so great. 
We really need them to step up and to play the role that Trevor Williams is very good at. And what is that? It's him coming out of the bullpen in long release situations. Maybe there's an injury that knocks out Josiah Gray in the second inning, let's say. You got Trevor Williams to come in, and he's going to get you at least a few more innings than just a normal reliever would. Maybe you need him to make a spot start because Patrick Corbin's not healthy. Trevor Williams is there to make that impact. And what I kind of think of when it comes to this is think of Paolo Espino. Paolo Espino, over the last few years for the Washington Nationals, he hasn't been very good. Let's just be honest. He's, he's had decent moments, but he's not an ace. He's not a main stay in the bullpen. But this is someone who kind of ate up innings for the Nationals. I think that Trevor Williams is a much, much more glorified version of Paolo Espino when it comes to all these moves and once you think about it and what he can do. Because Trevor Williams, when he's at his best, it's when he comes in in those long relief situations or maybe even a spot start. He's kind of someone that you can have as a wild card. He's going to be in the bullpen. He's going to be starting games for you. Someone that you can rely on moving forward with this team. And that's what I see him doing from here on out with the Washington Nationals. I don't know if you can put him as an everyday starter because I'm a big believer in finding the strengths and what pitchers are good at or really anybody in general when it comes to baseball. And you have to expose those strengths. You have to put them out there to where he's comfortable and where you're comfortable. And Trevor Williams may not be comfortable as an everyday starter every five days of the week. I will say we're paying him like it, so I do expect him to be a starter at first. But don't be cautioned if that doesn't work out for him and he starts to get shelled. Because truly, when he is at his best, it's coming out of the bullpen. It's making spot starts, kind of something to where, uh, like I was saying, a Palo Espino. He's not going to have a set day in the rotation, I don't think, in the long term. But what he can do is make those spots starts, eat some innings up, get ground balls, get some strikeouts, nothing crazy. And he's not going to be walking too many guys as he only walked 2.3 batters per nine innings this past season with the New York Mets. So overall, I think this signing for the Washington Nationals, really good. Two-year deal, $13 million, nothing crazy. You're not giving him top-of-the-market money. And honestly, to get solid starting pitching and solid pitching in general nowadays, you have to break that $10 million mark. I think the Nationals paying him $7.5 million annually over the next two years, and what he can be, it's not going to take a big chunk out of your pay. It's not going to be some massive hit to the payroll. That's $7.5 million. The massive payroll hitters are Patrick Corbin and Steven Strasburg. But Trevor Williams, $7.5 million, or actually, my bad, $6.5 million over the next two years. Not bad at all. Someone to where, hey, you can buy out his contract after one year if he's not that good. Or if things go right, like I'd like to talk about a lot, you can flip him at the deadline. And that's an important piece for the Nationals. If he pitches out of this world, you're going to see him gone by July 31st of 2023. And that's perfectly okay when you're 30 years old. Because this is someone that we're, you ask this question when you're in a rebuild. Is this someone who could be making a difference in the next Washington Nationals postseason run? 
and at 30 years old and where the Nationals sit right now and where all their prospects are currently in the system? The answer to that question is most likely not. And especially if he does pitch out of this world, you will probably see him traded at the deadline. But overall, to put a bow on that, I do think the Nationals made the right decision here. Low risk, high reward type of signing. And that's what the business with the Washington Nationals, they have to be in that category. They have to be shopping on the clearance rack, and that's what they did here. And I think they're going to maximize the opportunities that they actually get from that. But before I get into the Nationals' first overall pick in the Rule 5 MLB draft, I'm going to tell you about my friends about Built Bar. Great. You guys got to try this Built Bar. I'm talking about Built Bar's new reimagined flavors, cookie dough topper, coconut brownie bar, coconut brownie topper, white chocolate peppermint granola. It's Built takes on the granola bar so it's more filling and still insanely tasty and candy cane brownie puff. Built puffs are like biting into the universe's most delicious cloud. For anyone who hasn't tried Built bars before, They're literally the best tasting protein bars ever built. They're revolutionizing nutrition as we know it with 100% real chocolate and 17 grams of protein and shockingly low sugar and calories, only 130 calories. Think about that, guys. Think about the health that you're going to be getting. I'm not kidding, guys. There will be a time before you try these new built flavors and the magical, wonderful time afterwards. You're probably wondering which new flavors are my favorite. That's unanswerable. It's easy for me. Coconut brownie topper. I love some coconut brownie topper. I don't know about you guys. Get 15% off your order right now. Be using the code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. That's code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. And now we're getting into the Rule 5 MLB draft as the Nationals had the first overall selection in the Rule 5 MLB draft on Tuesday, and they selected Thad Ward, the right-handed pitcher, from the Boston Red Sox. And again, this was kind of a little bit of a shocker in my mind. I was thinking about a left-handed pitcher, maybe someone who we were thinking about. I didn't have Thad Ward on my radar. I'm not going to lie, but that's also kind of the beauty of the Rule 5 draft. You're not going to really see these guys and think about them making a difference in the long run. Let's just be honest. The Rule 5 draft, you're not drafting Mike Trout. You're not drafting Bryce Harper number one overall. The Rule 5 draft is these are guys who could help down the line, but most likely won't. And the reason why they most likely won't is because if they were a organization's asset, one, they would have either traded them by now, And two, they would have protected them on their 40-man roster. But Thad Ward was not protected by the Boston Red Sox. And so the Nationals scooped him up. And I'm going to tell you why. I actually kind of like this pick after doing some research and looking him up, looking up what he does best. And quite frankly, again, you're looking at someone kind of similar to Trevor Williams. Someone who was a fifth-round pick out of the 2018 MLB draft. He's been solid. He had Tommy Tommy John surgery in 2021, so I had to miss the rest of that season. And that really hindered 
what he could do with the Boston Red Sox organization that season. And it really kind of hindered what he could overall do as a prospect. Again, someone who's a little bit older now. He's 25 years old. He's going to be turning 26 very soon. But this is, again, someone who's actually won awards. This is what a mind-boggling quote, in my opinion, from the Boston Red Sox. This is their chief baseball officer, Chain Bloom, on the Rule 5 number one pick, Dad Ward. This is what he said, quote, It doesn't matter if he's the first pick or the last pick. It means that he's not our player anymore, and that's a bummer because of what he's been through medically and the upside that he has. And the upside from what he has is exactly what I see as well. I see someone who can be, again, a starter or a potential long relief guy. And I truly believe that the Nationals are going to be looking at him as a reliever, and that's perfectly fine. Someone who's had arm injuries, had to deal with a lot over the years with the Boston Red Sox, but again, someone that you've seen results for this past season in 2022 across four different levels in the minor leagues at double a a plus single a and rookie ball. He had 13 starts in a two, two, eight ERA had 51 innings pitched in 66 strikeouts. That is good for 11.6 strikeouts per nine innings. He had 3.3 walks per nine innings. This someone in his arsenal you see a lot of different things with him. I think in particular, his fastball is kind of what gets me getting. His slider as well is a nice put-away pitch, and that's something to where I've talked about a lot. I think a slider is one of the most important breaking pitches when it comes to young relievers that we need to make an impact down the road. And I project him as a reliever. I do. I know he made some starts last year, and I understand that. But I think, you know, We still can't get head over heels with what we're getting in the Rule 5 draft, even at the number one overall pick. This is a solid selection, someone I was very fond of, but quite frankly, I didn't know too much about him when he was drafted. I did some digging. I talked to some people who do know the Boston Red Sox organization and what they want and really following all the MLB prospects in general. And they talked about Dad Ward as someone who had a lot of potential But injuries, Tommy John surgery in 2021, that's going to be a big bummer to anyone. So when you think about this, and also I can't even forget to mention this, he was Boston's minor league pitcher of the year in 2019. So when he's healthy, we'll see what we can get. I mean, that's no joke. 2019 Boston Red Sox minor league pitcher of the year. As a rookie, someone who wasn't really highly thought of coming out of the draft, of coming out of the fifth round out of UCF in Florida there, that's impressive. And that's something to where the Nationals obviously did note. And Mark Zuckerman did report that the Nationals were unsure of who they were going to take, but they obviously landed on Thad Ward. And I do think they made the right selection after looking him up, what he can bring to the table, and the versatility that he can provide for the Nationals. Again, as I was talking about Trevor Williams, you see the signs here. Someone who can start, someone who can come out of the bullpen. This is a versatile solution for the Washington Nationals, and that is what Davey Martinez and Mike Rizzo want out of that clubhouse. They want some versatile guys, someone who can make a spot start, someone who can pitch a few innings after Steven Strasburg gets hurt in the second inning. That's what they want. 
And that's what they're in the business of. And I think doing this move really amplifies what they can do this season. I think Thad Ward will probably start off in AAA to begin the year, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him make a May call-up. Someone that maybe he'll start out of the gates, maybe he won't, maybe he'll come out of the bullpen to start. We'll just have to see. But also, all of that kind of determines if Steven Strasburg is healthy or if Patrick Corbin's getting absolutely shelled, then we could see Thad Ward, Thad Ward come into that situation. But to wrap up that, I truly think the Nationals made their due diligence pick, someone who's going to be versatile, someone you're going to use in multiple different situations. And I think the experience that he has under his belt, even after coming out, coming off of Tommy John surgery this past season, I think he's only going to get stronger. He's only going to get better. So this is a big pickup for the Washington Nationals. Again, he's not going to be your ace of the staff, but he could be a difference out of the bullpen. How big of a difference? We will have to see. But I think he's going to make a small incremental difference, but anything helps. And that's perfectly fine when it comes to any of these guys. So thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. And now we're back, and I want to talk about the MLB draft lottery. Obviously, I was I had a lot of different things going on this week. I had a crossover with Ethan from Locked On Pirates. I had a crossover with Locked On MLB host Sully, and then yesterday I had a crossover with Lindsey Crosby of Locked On MLB Prospects. And I enjoyed all those conversations, but I didn't really get to hone in on the draft lottery. The Nationals landed the number two overall pick. And if you caught my conversation with Lindsey Crosby from Locked On MLB Prospects yesterday, you can find that wherever you get your podcast, obviously, just like any of my shows. And you can talk, you can hear some potential picks for the Washington Nationals at number two. But I want to talk about this MLB draft lottery because this is the first year that this has happened. There's been an MLB draft lottery in the NHL and the NBA. This is the first year that it was implemented with the MLB. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't like it. I'm not a fan of it. I just call me a bore, but I'm kind of boring. I want the worst team to get the best pick in the draft. I want the best team in the draft to get the worst pick in the draft. You get what I'm saying? I believe if you earn something, then you should get it. I don't think we should rely on ping pong balls falling in our direction. Look at the Oakland A's. They were projected to have a top three pick according to the MLB lottery. Well, they ended up with the sixth overall pick. That's just not okay in my opinion. That's just something that we can't happen and something that the MLB will have to somehow control because what are we doing? That can't be happening to anyone. Let alone the Oakland A's, they need all the help in the world. And so the Nationals, I guess you could look at it this way, that we got quote-unquote lucky that that didn't happen to us. But then again, it could have. I mean, 
The Oakland A's, again, had the same odds as us to land the number one overall pick. And that's just not okay for them to land the sixth overall pick. That's a lot of value that they're going to be losing from being awful this past season. And the Washington Nationals, they were the worst team in baseball record-wise. Talent-wise, after Juan Soto, you could easily make that comparison saying that they were the worst talent baseball team. They were the least talented baseball team in the entire MLB. And so imagine if the Nationals got that sixth pick and they just got hosed from that. I would have been absolutely irate. I would have been flipping you know what. Because that just doesn't feel right in my opinion. It's already been established in the NBA. That's what they do. The NHL, they do the same. But in my opinion, the MLB draft just can't be messed with. I'm kind of a traditionalist when it comes to that. The worst team should have the best pick in the draft. And the best team should have the worst pick in the draft. And vice versa. It's just that simple to me. Seriously. But thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, you have a good day. I always appreciate you tuning in. If you haven't already, follow Locked On Nationals over on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals, and you can also find myself at RyanClary11 over on Twitter. You guys have a good day and enjoy the weekend. Go Nats.